These are your morning announcements. Today, the Retro Club will discuss 1996 Scream, and students attending today's field trip to see Stab will meet near the football field for bus pickup. And welcome to the Retro Club. We're your host, Megan. And John. And this week, we're discussing, personally, one of my favorite horror films. It's definitely one of your favorite movies. It's in the top three. I, I might put it at number one, I think. I, I think it's right at number one for you. But we'll be discussing 1996 Scream. Yes. The original. Because there's there's like a TV show and stuff now, so we have to be specific. It is the original 1996 Scream, directed by Wes, Wes Craven. Craven. And the before we jump in, I'll give you, if you've been living under a rock, I mean, this is a wonderful movie. But I'll give so you the good. synopsis, a quick synopsis here of it. So it's actually written on... The box or the DVD, I guess. Uh, no one has VHS. <laughs> Does anyone have a VHS anymore? The synopsis on the movie is a year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a new killer who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of a deadly game. Mm. Doesn't that sound like every like novel you've ever read? I no romantic <laughs> novel. Oh, like uh, enemies to lovers. <laughs> yeah, it should have been like a Daniel Steele book. I don't read many books like that. I don't think. I'm not sure if I do either. Not do at this point in my life. Well, maybe at this point in my life. I get. I'm. I'm cozy. Look, I've. I talk about this on my other podcast, which I'll plug real quick. It's or so they say. But I talk about the Name books drop. I read on there. Sorry, um, I talk about ours on that podcast. So well, you should. I've got two podcasts now, y'all. If you're not paying any attention to me. But um, this should be the main focus. I have been reading. Uh, oh, it's V.C. Andrews. I finished Flowers in the Attic, which good Lord. And now I'm into. So I'm starting to do like the old lady thing where I'm reading these <laughs> weird. I think the last book I would have read is probably American Psycho. What? When would that have been? A couple a years back. Say it's been a minute. I don't get to read for pleasure anymore. No, no, definitely not. But that's not why we're here. We're here for Scream. <laughs> that's we'll that's bring, what I'm here for. Reel it back in. Uh, just a couple of quick uh, numbers, I guess, on the movie itself. So the movie, the cost of it or the budget was about 14 to $15 million. Yeah. It ended up grossing $173 million. Now... In today's money, mm -hmm. that's they shot it for roughly twenty eight. Oh, then, as in today, yeah. Yes, and then what it grossed would have been like three hundred and twenty six point seven million dollars. It made a ton of money. Oh yeah, and I don't know how much. I guess I didn't look at like the press release or the hype around it when it was coming out because it was actually released in December of 1996. Yes. So it's not even really prime time for horror movies. That's you know you wouldn't expect a horror movie to come out. The movie wasn't supposed to be a hit. Then what? It came out at the right time. It came out during like the holiday season. Mm -hmm. So you're talking a time where. Hollywood didn't do like big budget movies for December yet, like they do now. 
Oh, yeah. So it just mur- it literally murdered at the box office. Ah, uh, ha <laughs> Well, I, I mean, the only thing that gets released anymore is Marvel movies. But I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna crap on Marvel just because there's too many. There's of them. only a handful that I genuinely like, but I swear to God, that's all that's in theaters anymore. There's nothing good to go see. No, you got. If you're gonna go see something, it's usually like. Like you said, a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. a wartime movie, and some kind of romantic movie. Yeah. That's just all there is. Rinse and repeat. That's all that's out there right now. Um, anyway, the cast of this movie. It's stacked. I think, yeah, there's just, you can't just throw out a couple of names. I mean, I think, was this, your your main character is Nev Campbell. Yeah. And she is an excellent final girl. I she's think. great as a final girl. I just love that she's not the helpless girl. She can stand on her own. Cindy! <laughs> uh, Skeet Ulrich, which, was this like his breakout role? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay. He was like red hot and people were talking about him in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So they didn't even meet him yet. But he was kind of, I feel like they were trying to sell him his, like, the wish Johnny Depp. That, that's what they got him as. <laughs> that that's the only reason why I think Wes Craven brought him in. He's like, I he's like I could have this guy as Johnny Depp. Yeah. That, I, it's just way too obvious that that's what they were pushing, I it's think. It's uncanny, yeah. It is. Um, At least for that time. We've also got David Arquette. Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Jamie Kennedy, Drew Barrymore. It just keeps it's, going. Like it's got a really good cast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, and don't forget, it's got the Fonz in it. Yes, it does have. <laughs> oh my God, Henry Winkler. Sorry, yes. I just blanked on his name. I didn't write it down. He was on the comeback trail during that time. Oh, he's such a wholesome guy. He's wonderful. <laughs> he is. I don't know how anybody could ever hate Henry Winkler. Mm-hmm. He's only in it for, I think, in total, a couple of minutes even. Yeah, it's it's really just a cameo. He's just a couple of scenes, which we'll get to it at the you know, in, yeah, in our trivia. There's, there's a really good thing I learned about him in that movie. We may have come across the same thing. I don't David know. David Arquette, too. There's a really cool thing about David Arquette. Okay. I may not know that then because I did pull some trivia. We'll cover that here in a little bit, but I think... Sorry, my throat just made like a gurgle. I don't know. No, what you're that fine. Was. Um, <laughs> I think we could just jump into the movie now and start yeah. picking Let's it apart. Uh, first of all, I not the. It's one of the best openings I feel like of a horror movie. It's very psycho esque mm-hmm. in the way it plays out. You could also compare it to Halloween. Yeah, and if you're in into horror movies or you're into the horror genre it probably you're probably aware that it was a huge shock that drew barrymore was immediately axed in the first like 10 minutes for the modern horror fan they're so used to it that it doesn't surprise them but Mm -hmm. when i was that age and went and saw it in theaters in 96 i was like hot ass drew barrymore is just gonna get murdered in the first five minutes right you don't expect to see a big name like her on the screen to open the movie and then just immediately be killed off yeah. It was a big shock it's to like really everybody. It's really crazy. Mm-hmm. And she went back. I remember, I probably watched that movie too, yeah. And don't forget but about the Jiffy Pop. It burnt. It did. What a shame. <laughs> it was a damn shame. No, I, I probably watched the movie a little too young. Um, 
there is an age gap between John and I, so I didn't get to go to theaters to see it. But (laughs) when I did see it, I remember the image that stuck with me forever was her hanging in the tree was like the scariest thing when I was a kid. The thing that really caught me about that opening scene was Mm -hmm. her still having the phone and still calling out for her parents. That's the saddest part was her crawling on the ground and like literally just yards from her parents and can't yeah. because he had he slipped. What did he do that she couldn't talk? Stabbed her right in her in her chest area. Yeah. So I'm going to guess her lungs filled with blood. So, yeah, it just made me sad. The mom on the phone saying like Stacy and oh, yeah, it was so sad. But what a good like shocking opener. I feel like there's one other movie that. A lot of people are talking about more recently that has a a good opener like that, too. You probably know what I'm going to say. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Go ahead. Ghost Ship. Yeah. That's all that's good about Ghost Ship. Oh, I like it. It's got a soft spot in my heart. I I mean, it's got a good opening. (laughs) I don't mind the opening of that movie. It's a real it's another like shocking opener. Yeah, it really is. That's what kicks off the movie is watching Drew Barrymore just get slaughtered on screen. And the first time you see Ghostface, he's that look is incredible. See, the thing with the Ghostface mask now is that it doesn't have I feel like it doesn't have the same impact. It's almost a joke. Yeah. Then it was kind of iconic cuz it was so it, like Michael Myers it was shapeless down mm-hmm. every part of the costume. Yeah. Yeah, well, and Scary Movie didn't help it, that they made fun of it. and Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't have that same impact anymore, I think. The mask Scary doesn't. Movie really, I think, might have taken the, the shine off of it, honestly. You might have something there, because that came out right before Scream 2. Mm-hmm. And then Scream 3 really, really didn't do uh, well. Was that Courtney Cox's no bangs? Like she just went. The worst haircut ever. <laughs> I hate her hair. Like also, oh, it brings out a visceral reaction yeah, in me. Yeah, that movie just not good. Terrible <laughs> ending. Oh, what was 3? Three? 3's the one where they have to go to Hollywood. They go to the actual set of the set. Oh, it's extremely meta. Like for like the plot of Scream isn't already meta. You yeah. have them referencing it's, real life movies and real life, real life plots. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is an, a Screamception is <laughs> a good description it, of that. It's just you could tell they got stale with the writing. Mm-hmm. At least Kevin Williamson did, but he he. I don't think he ever planned for three movies. I did think he planned for two. I thought the first one, I mean, just Scream when it came out, I it was so smart to me that they were referencing real life movies and yeah, things like was, that. It, it helped it make it more relatable and scary because it, really it could did. happen anywhere. <laughs> it also makes you aware right away mm-hmm. what the movie is and what it's in reference to. I like that a lot. Well, and the fact we've got, I guess we didn't plan this, but this is our third episode and our second movie that's based off a uh, true crime. Oh, I didn't really think happened. about that. I didn't pull much of the information off of that. I, I didn't even think to just because I have so many thoughts and feelings on the movie itself. I didn't want to spend well, really any time talking about it. I'll get into that part. Do with you? The trivia. Okay. I didn't pull a ton from that, but it is based off uh, real life events. It is. And it does kind of have the the classic trope of the calls coming inside from inside the house thing. Yeah, it definitely um, has that when a stranger calls vibe, which mm-hmm. is another great horror movie. Yeah. 
which was a scary again it could never happen today with cell phones and stuff but a really scary concept at the time where you finally trace the call and it's inside the house they did a really good job with it though like Mm -hmm. even in the new screen movie i feel like they did a lot to make cell phones still active in playing into the deaths yeah Mm -hmm. and i really didn't see it coming it was that was really the only good thing about that movie to me was how they made cell phones matter Mm -hmm. in the plot yeah i remember thinking before this the not the remake but the new one came out of the same name um thinking to myself this isn't a movie that can be made in modern day because the technology has just advanced so much that i didn't think it was possible to make it for today right and they did their best they they really did Mm -hmm. they did a really good job of being able to take and move things around Mm -hmm. and with scream you have this kind of universe that's solely stuck in the 90s. Like, more things play off a pager than they do a cell phone in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, we haven't even got a- away from the intro yet. That was just <laughs> the opener of the movie. Sorry, everybody. Um, I-, I tend to ramble. No, it's fine. I mean, like I said, I have a ton of thoughts on the movie. I'm hoping I know. we can get through <laughs> everything I want to get through. This easily could be one of the ones that go, like, three hours. Uh, just if because we I like to scream so much. Yeah. It's when... Because I hate picking a favorite movie of any genre. It doesn't matter. But I know when you at we've asked each other before what our favorite horror movie is. And I've said Scream, and I think I still stand by it. I think that's a good pick. I mean, it's right in your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. It's, it's perfect for the age you came up in. Mm-hmm. It's right around the time where you really started, like, becoming a fan of really anything. Right. Yeah. And it's got Skeet Ulrich. And David yes. Arquette, I should say David Arquette. He's more, he's more in like your upper echelon. What? No, I don't think he's my. I was not I was talking into about for, him. I was just talking about for actors that you know. Okay. <laughs> I was say I was not into David Arquette. I what? think at any point in my life. You don't like Ready to Rumble? Not I'm, as like a romantic character. I don't like him. What? <laughs> I don't. He's funny. Former WCW heavyweight champion. Oh my god, David Arquette. We're, we'll have to cover Ready to Rumble. That's a, that's going to be that high on the like list. Part of my growing up was that movie. Fortunately, not fine. <laughs> How many times do we say that? Too often. Okay. Oh, you crushed my butterfinger, baby. <laughs> we say that a lot too for no reason. Just oh my we're god. Hungry. Okay, Drew Barrymore's dead. Let's bring it back. <laughs> Drew Barrymore's dead. Rip in peace. We miss her. Um, and she did so good. That haircut she wasn't really great. Did. But she did great. Her outfit is so 90s, too. It is. She's got like that sweater on that's just just right at her belly button. Mm-hmm. And those jeans. <laughs> um, anyway, she which why hot. is she wearing? Never mind. we got to move past this intro. <laughs> um, after that, it rolls into all the kids at the high school reacting right. to her death. We get death. to meet Stu... Billy. Your Scooby-Doo cast. That's what I think of him as when I see him. And it's Honestly, probably because of Matthew Lillard. Yeah. And uh, Randy, he kind of looks like Shaggy. He got the little goatee and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And just ha- the thing is, 
we know who the killers are, obviously. But at this point, I don't think, and maybe it's because I was too young, I wasn't really sure who the killer was until closer to the end. But re-watching it, they're so obviously calloused about the whole thing. Right. It's just the big turn is the end, which I'll we'll just wait until we get to the end talking about mm-hmm. the movie. But... It what it's their reaction, and it just seemed too obvious. I think the fact that they were so calloused, it's right. like eh, it can't, you know, puts it right in your face. Mm-hmm. But they, it was them the whole time. The rest of the movie is obvious and in your face. I mean, if we fast forward to, because there's just like a lot of building of characters, getting to know people, and Rose McGowan's nipples, and oh man, <laughs> see, I'm not a Rose McGowan person. Jesus, uh-huh. I actually thought she was not not great in that movie. All she did, she had, what happens to her is she had coming. I forget that she's in that movie because I don't, I think, I don't know how many movies she's blonde in, but for some reason I forget it's her. And, uh, plus we just remember her from other stuff. Yeah. And you know what the biggest thing is about her in that movie for me? Hmm. I always forget that she's Dewey's sister. Yes. That's the other thing that, and she's so crappy to him. Jesus. She's like, you're not a cop. (laughs) I don't know why she's so mean. <laughs> David Arquette is another guy. He was on the rise during the time he got cast for that movie. Yeah, because Ready to Rumble came out in the 90s too, right? I think it came out right at like 2000. Oh, okay. I knew it was like close to the end. Um, I don't know what else he was in at the time, but... Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What's the one movie? Is it like something with spiders? Oh, Eight-Legged Freaks? That no. also came after 2000. <laughs> <He's> okay. <laughs> <laughs> So dumb. Anyway. <laughs> David uh, Arquette was... God. He was, I think, perfect for Dewey. Yeah. He's kind of the bumbling guy, but he's he's kind of handsome. Mm-hmm. And he is very, very likable. Yeah. Here's a character that I love to hate is Courtney Cox's character. Oh, Gail? Can't... Gail Weathers. I can't stand her. And the thing is... I knew her from Friends is probably the only thing I knew her from, and I hated her in Friends. And she wouldn't have got cast in that. She had to go through so many hoops to get cast in that movie because people liked her so much from Friends, they did not see her being a bitch in that movie. She did well. She did too well because I hate her. She had something to prove. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I think made her good for the part. Like, I should hate her for who she is. You know who else we in this movie? Leave Schreiber. Oh, yeah, but only for a little bit. He's, yeah, he's still cotton weary. He's a big part of the plot. Right, because you find out that the uh, your main character, Sydney Nev Campbell, that her mother was actually killed, and they believe that it's like this same killer going around. Or I don't, they believe they're connected <laughs> in some case that it's like cotton yeah, weary doing Cotton's this. Yeah, the one that took the fall for Cindy because of the the affair the mom had mm-hmm. which man people are so rude they're like sorry your whore mom is dead sydney like right. why why <laughs> jesus they just can't i mean okay yeah she messed up she was having an affair but that's like the one thing they lay on thick they're like yeah your mom's dead but she was also sleeping around right and two big horror icons are in this film mm-hmm. you had linda blair have a cameo as one of the news reporters yes she yep. was awesome in this mm-hmm and you had Wes Craven. Yes. Who which, directed and played Fred the janitor. I know. Dressed as Freddy Krueger. Yeah. That was, again, one of those in-your-face things that 
if you didn't recognize that, like that was so he was wearing the hat and the sweater. Come on. Like that was so. And they even called him Fred. Yeah. And his name's Fred. And in the first movie, in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, his name is not Freddy. It's Fred Krueger. That's true. So Mm -hmm. they did a really good job of actually keeping to Mm -hmm. that that series. Mm -hmm. But I think that after Drew Barrymore's dead, we get into the actual movie. Really, there's not a ton of points that stick out to me until the house party, of course. Well, you had the the school scene with Henry Winkler. Oh, yes, that's true. That's very memorable because kids were finding that cheap uh, costume that they claim it is in the movie. Yes. And people are running around in it and stuff, and he gets really upset with those kids. Oh, yeah. How could I skip that part? Because that did kind of freak me out, too, only because... When you think of horror and serial killers, they're always attacking at night. This was at broad daylight on school grounds, which really freaked me out. I was like, oh, my God, this guy will do any like it doesn't matter. He has no no remorse, nothing, no limitations. No, he's just he's there. He is Michael Myers, which that continues throughout the series where he's killing in broad daylight. It doesn't have to be. He's killing people in large crowds. Yeah. Um, Yeah. that's number two, right? With Jada Pinkett Smith. Right. And he, and just broad daylight with the van. God, Jada, even though I'm not like a super fan of her as an actress or a person or whatever. Well, um, you got to keep, well, Will Smith's going to tell you, keep his wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Yeah. He's going to punch me in the face. If right. I say anything mean about her. Um, too bad, Will Smith. I will say her, <laughs> her death in the second movie, it's so impactful. Like it freaked me out. Just because no one believed it was real until she fell over dead. And then they still were like, man, she's really playing this up. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot. I think she filmed that scene pregnant too. E, yikes. Don't quote me on that. Do not quote me on that. I, I think that's what I saw about. Well, when did it come out? Uh, I think the very next year. Uh, maybe not. Cause I don't think her kid, well, her kids may be that old. I don't know. Jeez. I don't follow them. Um, but you have other memorable scenes. I really like the scene in the bathroom when the girls are talking about Sydney's mom. Oh, uh-huh. And then, you know, Ghostface is trying to catch her in the shitter. <laughs> the worst place to go. Right. <laughs> or the best. I don't know. And that movie does actually pay kind of a tribute to A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. You know, Billy's coming up to the window. To come into Cindy's room to talk to I do to her. think of that, about that part where he sneaks through and they talk about the exorcist. Well, he mentions the exorcist. Right. So, li- tribute to Linda Blair. Linda Blair, again. What a weird thing to say. I was watching The Exorcist. It made me think of you. I know. How romantic. <laughs> it's, it's what of, about it? Like, why? <laughs> it's weird how much Billy and Stu drop about like scary movies without actually giving too much about scary movies mm-hmm. like randy comes off as like this like meta genius uh-huh where he can give you all these terms and stuff like that and then he gives you the rules and the formula right so he he was also the in your face they made it so obvious that you're like is it him like he was a i he just didn't have the motive that was the thing i don't think he had a motive to kill the randy? people yeah 
to kill the other, like to kill Drew or Stacy and Sydney's mom, what was the motive there? He, the only thing I could have seen if it would have been Randy was he had a crush on Sid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not obvious, but it's obvious. The mom, and how many times does he call out Billy? He even yeah. says Billy's Billy's perfect to be the killer. He is, he says it's all there. He fits the he fits the mo. But then. Randy has the one plot thing that matters in the movie that also breaks his rules. And that's why this movie is brilliant. What is that? Secondary killer. Oh, yeah. Because everyone's looking for one person, which oh, I don't want. I think we talk about that movie later, but it makes me yeah. think of a uh, Simon Pegg movie. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Made me, even though that comes way after this. Uh, but same concept where it's you think you're looking for one person and then it dawns on you. Like, why couldn't it be more than one person? It's just for its time. It did something. It was recreating horror. Mm -hmm. It was taking something that was dead, bringing it back to life and then giving you a new aspect for it. It was, that's really good writing. I feel like it had a way of making fun of horror movie stereotypes but then turning around and using those stereotypes and scaring you with them. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with that fully. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's smart because they crap all over it and then immediately turn <laughs> around and do the thing they were saying is cheesy. Right. And it works. Randy's a guy that's, uh, he's a cinephile. Yeah. Works in a video store. Oh, yeah. Starts giving you who the killer is, going, who the killer is. Yeah, Billy he breaks even, it down. Billy gets arrested with a cell phone. Yeah, it's all there, but conveniently he has excuses. Also, another thing that matters to the plot. Cell phones back then, you couldn't automatically get everything that was going out. It had to be traced. Yeah. Again, technology. That's why I was afraid technology would ruin this movie going forward, that there would be no way to do something like in today's time you have to do something like a drug dealer you have to have like a burner phone i guess yeah a little flip phone <laughs> right flip phones are coming back though that i noticed you that, see that? <laughs> i did notice that my dad was right oh my gosh my your dad never still married. couldn't have that he needs to go back to like a jitterbug oh <laughs> he does no he hates the touch screen he doesn't no his flip phone now no touch screen it's all button operated baby oh i didn't know he he did go back that's right yeah and now uh, he wants one to have the, has the antenna because he doesn't believe that signal works like it's supposed to work. He oh, is God. he is such a great guy. Oh my word! <laughs> Back Hate to cell the phones, movie. Still has one. <laughs> you kind of have to have one though. You do anymore. You just have to. That's but. why I I kind of agree with you. It, it's harder to write a screen movie for right now mm-hmm. in the cell phone age. Yeah, I think they did a good job with what they had it deviated a little bit but it was still good the the new scream right uh a thing you brought up earlier Mm -hmm. uh the party scene the house party yes that's like half the movie i think it's a big portion of it Uh it starts giving you a lot of detail about a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. you had them watching halloween Mm -hmm. randy calling things out again it the Putting it in your face, making fun of it, because everyone boos him when he's like, you can't drink, you can't have sex, and you can't whatever. And it 
I don't remember the rest of the rules, but just standing up there and it's that that's where it gets super meta where he's like, it's explaining a horror movie within a horror movie. Right. You had the, well, there are three rules, right? That you have to go by. You can never have sex. You cannot drink or take drugs and never, ever say, Oh, that's right. I'll I'll be be right back. Yeah. That's why couldn't I remember? That's like the big one. I know because Stu's stupid ass says it. He turns around. Yeah, he turns around and says, hey, you guys want a beer? <laughs> I'll be right back. And like falls <laughs> into the kitchen. Yeah. It's creepy how much Stu's into the murders going on and the news going around. He's like way too into it. Yeah. He's just overly excited. Mm-hmm. But you can tell he's like, he's he wants to be cooler than he comes off. Yeah. I get that from Stu a lot in the movie. I feel like he's the guy that's bursting at the seams like he wants so badly to tell people it's him and can't. Right. But like, anyway. That's what he just has like that blow up at the end yeah. where he loses his mind because he's so excited to reveal himself. Yeah. It was definitely, you could tell it was something like he was chomping at the bit to just say something. Mm-hmm. But during the party scene, you have... The Rose McGowan murder. Yes. Through the doggy door. <laughs> now, I'll go ahead and say this. I know it's somewhere in my trivia notes, but did you know that in that scene, she was so small that she kept falling out of the door yeah. and they had to like str- like tape her into it or yeah, they had tie to fi- her into it somehow? Yeah, they had to make a harness. So also it was cutting off her stomach because she was so like bone thin. Mm-hmm. They had to make her a harness so it didn't break her back or her uh, do something to the line, to her stomach. Yeah, I don't remember, but I couldn't believe she. And she said that's how she knew if she ever got locked out of her house, she could just go through the doggy door. <laughs> right. That's scary, man. Those things are small, so she had to be. She was tiny, itty bitty. Yeah. Those nipples weren't, but no, she was very excited to be oh, there. <laughs> so were we. The movie oh. was really all the good stuff was coming in the movie. They that's all they just played her up as they put her in like really skimpy clothing and and no bra through the whole meet which was do you know do you if you don't want to wear a bra but right. it's like that was intentional. Yeah, I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. She also they put her in stuff to where it was always skin tight mm-hmm. and it was always short. Yeah, I think the crop top with whatever it looked like a cut off jersey or something, or and, it was low cut. Yeah. Or the pants had to fit her like butt a certain way and be like almost low rise or something. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I don't know. I guess they wanted her to be like a complete office opposite of Sydney, maybe because Sydney was your. I wouldn't she's say meek, but she yeah, she's just a very plain Jane kind of girl. And I definitely thought she was better looking than Rose McGowan. I know that's not a a favorite for a lot of people, but that's personal preference. Well, I'm just, like I said, I'm not used to Rose McGowan having blonde hair. That, like, that always throws me. I forget yeah. it's her in the it, movie. It's awkward. Mm-hmm. But Who is also in Ready to Rumble. And we just forgot that because she has black hair. And she's got black hair in that one. Yeah. God, yeah. I guess it is her. <laughs> oh, my God. Ford Optics! No. <laughs> Oh, we're going to have to talk about Ready to Rumble at some point. We will. That's got to come up. And also, people want us to talk about Xanadu. Uh, yeah, that's already been told. I didn't 
I wasn't serious, but I guess we'll, we can cover that movie because that'll probably be hilarious to, go, to yeah, cover that. That movie by itself is hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Okay, back to Scream. <laughs> We're at the party. Rose McGowan's dead. Doggy door. Right. Where were we going? Oh, I was going to go right into Randy on the couch. Oh, yes. Yeah. So things start happening. He gets up and he ends up going outside. Then we start getting into Sid and Billy. You know, they're finally going to, she's going to break one of the big rules. Mm-hmm. She's going to have sex. Oh, yeah, they actually do go through with it, don't they? Yep. Oh, rip. See that? There's your mistake. It's not a mistake. Because she, they created new rules out of that. How so? Because Randy said there's three things you can't do. The final girl has sex. Mm-hmm. She already broke one of the rules. I guess. Well, and that's not something that normally happens. Your final girl is like she. She's pure of heart. She's self-aware. Which mm-hmm. is kind of awkward because everybody but one person is self-aware. To Which... me in this movie. Henry Winkler. Oh. He's the only one that doesn't know what's going on, really. Like, even down to Dewey and um, Courtney Cox. Yeah, Gail Weathers. Gail yep. Weathers. They both know what's going on without actually saying, you know, we know what's going on. Uh-huh. Dewey, at one point when I was younger, when I first saw the movie, I thought the killer could be Dewey. Yeah, and I think that was a good, the movie did a good job of is making you second guess characters yes. throughout the whole thing. Someone would do something and you're like, mm, it might be that person. I had this conversation about a month or two ago. Because mm-hmm. I was somebody I went to see the movie with in theaters. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking the whole time it was going to be Dewey. And he said it was going to be Randy. Because Randy was really quick to point the finger at somebody. Which I thought was kind of smart. Yeah. And I was like, you know something that... like I didn't remember that until we were having the conversation. And I really didn't think about that until we talked about it. Randy was always pointing out other people, but never pointed the finger at himself. And he's the horror guy. Randy would be a good pick just because he is so into horror movies and over explaining them and giving you the breakdown or like the outline of a horror movie that I think he would he would be a good pick because he's wanting to show off his knowledge of horror movies and how he's smarter than you. Right. And you could definitely tell he gets picked on Mm -hmm. by Stu, Billy, even the girls like they don't take him serious. He it could he could have been one step ahead if he would have been the killer just because he knows movies so well. The only thing I still feel like his character lacked is motive. That's yeah. why it wouldn't work. Right. If you take into consideration the murders before that, which Stacy's murder didn't really make sense. It was just like a a senseless thing. Why did did they ever explain why they killed Stacy? Stacy, that's Rose McGowan, right? Drew Barrymore. Or Drew Barrymore. Oh, uh Later in the movie, they do. They killed her because they like got rejected by her. Well, Bi- I think Billy did. Oh, okay. I believe she was older than them. She was like the lead cheerleader or prom queen or something like that. Uh huh. It was something. It was like a big part of the movie. That's why I couldn't remember. I thought her death was just. It was not random. Okay. It was with malice. Okay. And intent. 
So again, Randy didn't have motive for those two. He may have had one to try to kill Sydney, but not the other two. So that's why I feel like that's the only thing he was missing. Right. And they do a really good job of trying to erase that part from the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even get brought up until the end, to the very end of the movie. But also in the party scene, you have Gail being out there in the van with the uh, the camera guy. I can't remember his name. Oh, hold on. He's very well it's, cast, though. Yes, it's... Get your fat ass I over know, there. that's I'm thinking of when she says, <laughs> dang it, I cannot think of his name. <laughs> Is it Kenny? Yes, it is Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, get your fat ass over there. <laughs> I so think I might mean. Have said that line. I think I might have said that line wrong. But another cool thing about that is when Kenny tries to hero up, mm-hmm. they both forget that their cameras are on a delay. Compared Which to where the camera's wouldn't happen the today. That right. wouldn't be a thing. But it was like, what, a 30-second delay or something? Yeah, it was something insane. A big one. Enough for the killer to get out there, stab his guts, and get back to trying to get to Gale. Mm-hmm. Then Dewey shows up and gets also gets manhandled by the killer. Randy got manhandled by the killer. Uh-huh. So they... Well, first he... They notice the delay when he's going after Randy. And Kenny and... Sydney are both in the van. That's when they find out there's a delay in the movie or whatever, or in the recording. Um, And then it goes, I think Kenny does die, right? That's when, oh, bye, Kenny. And then you think Dewey might be dead. Always. Thank goodness he lives. (laughs) You gotta Uh, love Dewey. Yeah. (laughs) He can't die. He's too goofy to die he should have died several times (laughs) he's too likable Mm -hmm. like you've him dying is like the dog dying kind of in any movie we've talked about that before yeah but then we'll fast forward to the well there's not much fast forward to do but to the end where the big reveal when you find out i love the reveal i do too but leading up to the reveal Mm -hmm. you have that part in the movie where Stu is running up to the staircase to get to the front door, and so is Randy. And they're trying to blame each other for who's oh, the killer. Oh, yeah. Because at that point, I think I w- it's still, the first time I saw it, I was still questioning. I'm like, I don't know who it is. Right, and then when you find out who it is, it's that's a sadistic thing. Mm-hmm. That's planned. That's someone using somebody as bait. Yeah, which I think... She doesn't end up shooting. I, Sydney, like, says, screw both of you and runs off right. or something Just like that. shuts the door on them. Yeah. Uh, which it was a death sentence for uh, Randy either way to either leave him out there with the killer right. or think he's the killer and shoot him. There was no, real... there was no, there was no win situation there for Mm-mm. Randy. No, he lives though. Right. Right. He ends up making it to the end of the movie. That's... And then you have the part with Billy and Sid where Billy gets stabbed. Oh. This is where everything really takes off. Oh, but he, he said it was the killer. You just don't, you don't see it happen. He's just comes out and he's like, I'm mm-hmm. stabbed. Yeah. I remember that part at the top of the stairs. And then he falls down the stairs, right? I think so. It might've happened at the bottom of the stairs. I knew it. I just remember it happens. Uh huh. Yeah. And then he does like the hand up thing. To- Sid. No. Oh, yes. Very dramatic. Right. Which is also really like creepy in a sense that he played up so well, but his, it did seem so dramatic that I was like, mm, 
think that's what he was going for. Yeah. I got to believe that. Yeah. But now, then it's the reveal. Yep. And that's the part of the movie I like too. Besides the beginning of the movie, I like <laughs> the ending of the movie where they do their explanation and man, the breakdown is really good. But Stu, watching the two of them interact was terrifying. Stu is just this, he is this lackey mm-hmm. with a God complex. He just wanted to know what it felt like. He didn't really have any motive for what he was doing, except that he just wanted to know no. what it felt like to kill somebody. And it, to me, it was a lot of that was ego. Mm-hmm. He wanted the recognition for it, and you could definitely tell. Like he is, he is up Billy's ass. He was well, willing to do whatever Billy wanted to do. Well, and it's never made clear. I don't. Maybe it is, and I'm forgetting. But I don't think it's made clear if Stu helped or was involved with the first murder of Sydney's mom. I think. I think it was played out that it was. So I didn't know if it was just Billy and Billy confided in Stu and then the two of them ended up killing Drew Barrymore's character and then it was just like writing it after that, trying to... No, I, I think, honestly, I think it was a planned thing. Like, Billy didn't get the idea until he could have a sidekick to make this whole thing work. So I think that's where it all started. So he, we assume he's been involved since the beginning. Since the jump. Okay. Well, and that makes sense because if that's the case, they've already gotten away with three murders. If we're talking, no, four. How many at this point? My God. Well, they went on the killing spree that night. Right. Because you have Sydney's mom and then you have Stacy and then you get. Kenny. uh, Henry Winkler first. Oh, yeah. And then Tate, Rose McGowan, uh, Kenny. Kenny. They think they kill Randy. Randy. Dewey, they thought they killed Dewey. Right. Oh, we should have looked up the body count on this. I should have. That's my fault. Seven or eight people they believe they've killed. And what, five of those, four or five of those are in the same night? So they are writing like a literal blood high. It was... And I think... It it put them in serial killer territory. It got... I mean, they got cocky is what happened, especially Stu. Because when he starts saying like, oh, it's going to be a scream, like he's Won't doing that spitting. stuff. Yeah. He hates this movie, doesn't he? Yeah. Ma- we'll get Matthew into, we'll get into that after. Okay. Just you saying him spitting made me think of it. But yeah, I think they just got, they were writing this high and they got too cocky. And that's what was the, if they would have gone for Sydney straight on, they might have gotten away with it. They, you could tell both of them have like this mental, like. Incapability to feel something. Mm-hmm. There's which, a disconnect which, there, right? You can definitely tell Billy's got it, but Stu somewhere he just he uh, he must be so privileged because I mean he comes from a really well-to-do family and stuff. Yeah. So I think he was Billy, just so caught up in it because he actually right. does show emotion at one point. Billy never once like turns on the emotion. No, Billy. In a big way, he kind of, he kind of just not only creeps you out, he, he makes you realize you, throughout the whole movie, did you really ever have any kind of sorrow, remorse, or anything like that for him, even when he got arrested? No, I think he's a true sociopath. I don't think any emotion he displayed in the movie was real or legitimate. Stu did. 
I, he was trying to play the badass like Billy was, and <laughs> right. it just it broke in the end when he realized he was screwed and started crying and saying, "My mom's gonna be so <laughs> mad at me." <laughs> Yeah, and that's true. You didn't once get that from Billy. You hit me with a phone, dick. <laughs> How? They didn't even think to make sure she was dead. They stabbed each other first. Come but on. It was a weird, like, power move on their part to show, like, you can't hurt us because we can't hurt us. Right, it was a dominance move. Mm-hmm. And they got too caught up in that, and she ends up taking off and playing their own game against them. Right, which is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Stu's death in that is really good. I, that would kind of spoil. I still wish Stu would have lived or there would have been some indication that he lived. I feel like the TV on the face was, he could have made it out of that. (laughs) I feel (laughs) like. With Stu, like having the TV dumped over on him after all that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how he could survive the impact. Or even the the electric shock, right? The transfer of electricity through his body. I, I Billy, guess. Billy dead. No, he's for sure dead. You they made sure you don't come back from a headshot. Still gave the rules, unless Shot you're dude. Michael Myers and Jason. Right. Shot that dude right through the eyes. Boom. Oh, and even right up until the end, because Randy lives. Yay, he comes back into the house. But still gives rules. Right up to the end, he's still giving the rules of horror movie. Like he's he's spelling the entire movie out for you the whole time. Like you knew what was gonna happen. And then it ends with Randy saying, Careful, the killer always comes back for one last scare. <laughs> right. Oh Randy, Sherlock Holmes over here. And and then like the really lame bah, like he jumps up and <laughs> with his hand in Not the air. Set up. <laughs> It was funny, but it, he didn't lie. It was, that's part of the movie. He's got to come back at least once. And then we get the indication that Dewey lived. Yeah, Dewey comes stumbling back in. Gail Weathers lives. So they don't kill as many people as they think. So, I mean, I guess there's that. So you do lose both killers, which you would think ends the the franchise. There shouldn't be more movies after it. Right. Surprise, it didn't. No, because you knew this movie was going to have to have a sequel. Well, you again, it starts to get so meta as it goes on, because the first movie you have talking about the layout of horror movies and you're they're laying out the horror movie right. as it's playing out. And then with the second one, you get the copycat killers. Yes. And then with the third one, which happens in real life, like right. people try to copy killers. Yeah. And then in the third one is all about the metaverse. Mm-hmm. So everything inside of Scream. And then the most recent Scream movie. Well, four. You got to forget it. Remember four. Uh, wow. And I really like four. Okay. When four, did four come? Like 2011, I believe. Four was all about jealousy. So you have a return of a copycat killer, which is technically in the realm of being a remake without being a remake. Yeah, it's just constantly playing on itself is what it's doing because right. the most recent movie, God, it it even references because <laughs> it references remakes within the movie. They're making a movie of the first movie in the second Scream. They make Stab, <laughs> and Stab is Scream, and it's they reference Stab all the time, and mm-hmm. that is Scream. They're one in the same. Yeah, that Stabiverse. It's so so ridiculous how <laughs> and they even show like involved. people watching Stab movies. Yeah, in the <laughs> movies, like the fucking second movie, like the 
beginning of that with that Jada Pinkett, like we brought up. They're going to see Stab, which is they're going to see Scream, the first movie. It's so like, ugh, mind bending. It's so good. Leo could never. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> anyway, I love Leo. I do too. Anyway, sorry, I was miles away. You lost me there. <laughs> miles away. Um. Yeah, and then you have your what you think to be a happy ending. Or is it? Yeah. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> we both did the dum, dum. Um, now I think we could jump into any like trivia that you have yeah. that we may have missed. I know we touched on some a little bit going through the movie. But... So big thing is I have a big affection for Kevin Williamson in some way. And he is? The writer. Okay. He wrote Scream at a time when he was trying to get work. And they really didn't have anything for him in Hollywood, but they really liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, what really brought on him writing Scream was, like we talked about this being based off of a real murder. Oh, yeah. You had the Gainesville Ripper in Florida. He killed five people and did like horrific stuff with the bodies. Okay. Like cutting heads off and putting them to face stuff and all that. Florida, God. <laughs> and also, he was a humongous fan of Halloween. Oh, and so like horror stuff, right? So he writes Halloween into the script. That's the that's the movie that they are watching. Mm-hmm. It has the final girl trope, and when he was writing it, he listened to the Halloween soundtrack over and over. Oh, okay. Just anything he could. Which is also funny because Kevin Williamson also wrote Halloween H2O, which I've talked about with you before. Uh, Feels like a Scream movie featuring Michael Myers. It does. Does that one have Leif Schreiber in it too? No. What one is he in? What am I thinking? I don't... Is he in any of them? No, he's just in the Scream movies. Oh, doesn't he play the son or something? No, no, no. That's... um, Shoot. What's his name? I know I can't I can I can't oh, picture man. him. Yeah, with, anyway. the, with the gap and the bad hair. Oh, <laughs> it's not Lee Schreiber. <laughs> I thought it was. I can't remember his name. He was in Thirty Days a Night. No, it'll. I'll be mad. I'll look it up later when we're done. <laughs> Unless you want to look it up now. Um, Maybe. Anyway, some of the trivia that I ran into that I thought was interesting. Actually, I should say that. Did you know that there is a website? Let me find it. Oh, man, I thought I saved it. But <laughs> oh, I'm going to be so annoyed now that I didn't save this freaking website. But there is... Oh, here it is. HelloSydney.com. What? Yeah, did you know that's a website? I And my I'm not dyslexic, but I swear when I read this, I am. Because I, every time I see it, I think it says Hello Disney. But it's HelloSydney.com. And it's got all stuff scream on it. So I did get some information from that. I also got it from another website called DigitalSpy.com. Um, first of all, the, the name Ghostface is only ever mentioned in the movie one Once. time. And it's by Rose McGowan. Yeah. Another thing about that, uh, about the ghost, about Ghostface, mm-hmm. the mask, they had been trying all kinds of masks. They went to someone's house and they just randomly had it hanging up on a bedpost. 
How was crazy it just like a Halloween costume? Is that where no, it no, came from? No, it was from, just or? a mask. They had to come up with a costume later. Which was just a black robe. <laughs> yeah, but originally <laughs> he was going to be all white. Oh, no. Then they realized making it all white, you could tell Stu's body type from Billy's body type. Mm-hmm. And how tall each one of them were. Oh, yeah. So making it black made him shapeless. Yeah. But going back to Kevin Williamson really quick. Oh, okay. He was big in the 90s with his writing credits. Like, not only did he do Scream, Scream 2, Halloween H2O, he wrote I Know What You Did Last Summer, which was big. I Uh, almost mentioned that earlier because it kind of had that vibe. Right. So I could see that. And he did, what is that movie? Josh Hartnett's also who we were thinking about. Oh, you said he wrote both of those? I Know What You Did Last Summer? Yes. He wrote it, okay. Because uh, I was thinking of, did he write Scream Two though? Yes. Okay. Where they kill uh, Jada's death in the very beginning in front of the entire movie theater, you get the same, almost the same thing with. Uh, what, what is her freaking name? Buffy. It's not Buffy. It's Sarah Michelle Sarah. Geller. Oh yeah. Uh, when he drags her out of the parade, and right. so I mean, it's around all these people, and no one notices. Yeah, you're gonna have so, to, same that, concept. Yeah. Well, also he did the faculty, which was also big, and also had Josh Hartnett on in it. That's how okay. Josh Hartnett got into Halloween H2O, because the faculty, I believe, was already filmed. And then they liked him so much for that, they put him in Halloween. Uh, Teaching mm. Mrs. Tingle. I remember that movie. Never even heard of it. It was written before he ever did Scream. It was the first script he had, but they had nothing for it. So they had to wait until they could guarantee a budget for it. Okay. But he did He did some really good movies. Mm-hmm. A lot of... Oh, he's responsible for Dawson's Creek, which was huge. <laughs> I never watched it. And Vampire Diaries. I did watch that. (laughs) I did watch that. Not all the way through the end. I ended up giving up after like season five or six or something like that. I would go back and finish it. I just got like annoyed with the plot. Also, you had Henry Winkler. I'm going to go to that. Did you know he brought in his Fonz jacket? Yes, I had that in my notes that in the scene, if you... Look in when he opens the closet, you can yeah. see it. It's the actual jacket, I think. It is. It is yep. the actual screen used Fonz jacket. Mm-hmm. Um so I figured we'd probably run into the same right. trivia on this. And the movie's now got like this really crazy cult status. Oh it's, yeah. It's so big. Mm-hmm. Well, and they made the TV show Scream. Oh yeah. That I don't know if it. I don't know if it's still running or not. I don't think so. I think it died with COVID. So it just got like, was it one or two seasons? I think three. It oh. couldn't be more than that. Okay. Well. Um, I really liked it though. I watched the whole first season. I watched a couple of episodes. I don't know why I didn't keep watching it, but I watched some of it. And then, of course, you had like the horror icon, Wes Craven. Arguably, mm-hmm. he's up there for me when it comes to directors. and. Mm-hmm. Guys that are just really good at coming up with ideas for horror. He was just, he was one of a kind. Yeah. And he turned down doing this movie, I think, three times. Because he was just, he didn't want to be involved in another horror movie. I mean, if 
if you're good at something, it's okay to like branch out and try other things. But if you find a wheelhouse that you're good at, you can always come back to it. Like you shouldn't shy away from it just because I don't know. That is kind of a, you got to know also, you know, the people like it, but if you're not happy making it, I guess I can see both sides. And you had the Weinsteins, which we know. Yeah. Fuck those guys. (laughs) They guaranteed him more work and his like movie of choice from what they had in script. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If he would agree to do the first screen movie. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's just an offer. You don't see anybody get now. Yeah. Well, and speaking of people being offered things for this movie, the cast that they had, I was happy with pretty much everyone, I think for Mm -hmm. the most part. Uh, But other people that I found that were offered or, thought of for the roles uh so nev campbell pretty crazy was cast for sydney but there were several other high profile actresses who were actually considered not just like no starlets uh melissa joan hart and Brittany murphy right auditioned for the role which i could see well i don't know about melissa i could see Brittany murphy having done that part I, think. I can see that. I think she'd be okay. Jennifer Love Hewitt, I think, was even like offered it. Well, they uh, they auditioned for the role. Those two did. Tori Spelling and Reese Witherspoon were considered yeah. for it. Reese Witherspoon, it, I feel like... I don't. Her accent. No, I'm so, that's what I'm saying. I feel like I don't think she would have been a good fit. Tori Spelling, I don't know enough about well, to say yes or no. she ended up being in Scary Movie too. so... Scary Movie, not Scream? No. That's, Scary movie too. I yeah. definitely know my movies. <laughs> you had uh oh Reese. It says Reese Witherspoon actually turned it down because she didn't want to be in a horror movie. See, I don't, I, I don't know if I could believe that. Oh, and the biggest twist or surprise of all is that Drew Barrymore was actually cast as Sydney. Yeah, she was the lead role, but then due to scheduling, she had to turn it down. But they didn't want to lose her in the right. movie, so you had, they end up writing her as, oh, it, I keep calling her Stacy. It's Casey. You're all going to kill me. Oh, I yeah. bet you through this entire thing, everyone's yelling at me. It's Casey. I don't know yeah, why Casey, I thought like it was Stacy. Yeah, Decker or something like that. <laughs> okay. 50 minutes later, please stop <laughs> screaming at me. <laughs> but there's more to it than just that. Uh-huh. She didn't want to be the lead because she also didn't want people to expect that she was going to be at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So they took the like a piece from psycho and used it in a modern, in the modern day. Yeah. Which good on Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Cause Wes Craven loved the idea. Oh, so did she kind of like help them write that beginning? Was that not, she helped come up with some plot points for it. Some I know ideas. that. Mm-hmm. And she really, she really liked the idea of not being the lead. Yeah. Like a, it just a really big twist. And she's memorable. There was something else I had written down about her. I'm like bouncing around my notes here. Oh, yeah, go ahead. But uh, so in the whole, just the little bit that she's in in the very beginning, here it is. While they were filming the opening scene, she was actually calling 911. Yeah. On accident. She and didn't they showed realize up on she was. Set. So she kept calling and was like screaming and hanging up. And they ended up, <laughs> <laughs> the prop master, his name was JP Jones. We're calling you out, JP. Uh, he had forgotten to unplug the phone that she was using. So yeah, they, she really kept calling 911, screaming, hanging up. 
and they were in the middle of one of the takes and the phone started ringing and everyone looked at the phone like what and they picked (laughs) it up and it was 911 calling back being like what are you doing it was it was not good because i think they even sent officers on on set oh yeah you can get in a ton of trouble for that they don't care if you're a big movie star or not. You just called 911 There's like no way that guy times. kept his. There's no way that guy kept his job. Oh, my God. I bet he's in so much trouble. you would have to pay so many fines. <laughs> yeah. Just on crank calls. Mm-hmm. But then you have David Arquette to go back to him. He turned down the role of Billy. That's what he was offered. Uh-huh. He was like, I... I don't know. I can't see it. And it's just because he did such a good... Dewey. Dewey that... But he read... He's like one of the only people that read the entire script. Mm. And he really fell in love with the Dewey character and begged Wes Craven, who turned him down the first time. He wanted to read for Dewey. Mm -hmm. And then on the second reading, I believe, is where Wes Craven said, you can be Dewey. Because by that time also, the buzz was going around about Skeet Ulrich. Oh, mm-hmm. so then he get, gives Wes Craven this really easy out where he's like, I can guarantee both of them for this movie. Now, and no one will be upset about getting a different spot. Had Skeet done. I hate that his name is Skeet. God, has he done <laughs> any movies before Scream? I, I mean, really probably not. The what I remember him from because I don't remember seeing him in anything before or after. Really? Yeah, I. I didn't look it up and sorry to have you look it up now, but I, that's the only thing I remember him being in is, well, I mean, he did like a bunch of like kid movies. I know that. Oh, like he was, he played a, like a younger kid character in a lot of stuff. Weekend at Bernie's and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He was in the craft, which also had Nev Campbell in it. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah. He, um, I think it was a TBS show that might have blown him up. I could be wrong. Hmm. But I do know there was a lot of buzz about him. Because I, I remember that because all at once he was starting to be featured in a lot of magazines. Uh, just so. the look, I think, is probably what yeah set him off. But uh, his co- uh, co-cast, Matthew <laughs> Lillard, now we, can get, now we can get back to that. He hated this movie he which makes me sad because he did so well playing like this unhinged character he cannot look at the movie and not hate his his role in it i think he was just at an awkward point in his life because he did he's been quoted as saying that he was horrible he had lots of gums and big teeth and a really tiny head yeah <laughs> he said that and in he some spit a lot interview which, I don't know. I think it added to the character because he looked like a high school yeah. kid. And he got the audition on accident. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, his girlfriend was going to audition for another movie. He was out there waiting. Uh, the casting director came out and saw him and said, Hey, would you be interested in reading for this part? Uh-huh. That's, that's how they got him. And he ad-libbed a lot of his stuff, like the funny lines. The mm-hmm. My mom and dad are going to be so mad at me was ad-libbed. Yeah, sometimes you got to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to make the character your own. I mean, if you read stuff straight from the page, I feel like you're not... It would probably be harder to get into a character or to make the character feel real 
if yeah, you just read it word for, for sure. word. It, it came down to him doing more for that part uh-huh. to make the part memorable. Like yeah. Jamie Kennedy, Randy, mm-hmm. who became a big part of like my growing up because he was in a lot of movies that were popular when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. But he didn't get that role originally. He had to like scrape, beg, all kinds of stuff to get put in the movie. Yeah. They did not want him. But they couldn't find anybody that fit the Randy role. Because they didn't really know what Randy was going to be. Yeah. So Randy becomes this... Uh, how do I... He becomes like this middle ground nerd. Right. But he still has like his popularity and people do like him. I feel like they could have almost gone for... Um, I don't know his actual name. He's Brian in The Breakfast Club. It, Brian in the Breakfast Club. And oh, he's pretty in pink, um, sixteen candles. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What is his freaking name? He's also in Edward Scissorhands. He is. Yeah, he's the he's the boyfriend. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Weird science. God. He was in the new Halloween. Halloween Kills. He probably could have played Randy. He was way too old by then to play Randy. I know. If but if you think like that type of person, I feel like they were looking for. Yeah. That kind of character. God, I don't know his name. I know. I'm starting to come up with a blank on it, but watch it hit me all at once. You just, just pull up the cast and or, yeah. uh, pull up um, Breakfast <laughs> Club. A, and he was just the nerd in 16 Candles. He was. He didn't have a name. Oh, that, yeah, that's right. He's credited as the Anthony nerd. Anthony Michael Hall. Okay. Speaking of credits, there's a fun fact I found. I don't know if you came across this or not, but the fictional Woodsboro High School scene mm-hmm. was actually supposed to be filmed at the Santa Rosa High School in Santa Rosa, California. And they didn't want it. Uh, the school board didn't appreciate the idea of having a violent murder of principal filmed in their halls. And after reading the script, they um, it was really close to the crew's scheduling date. They actually pulled out of the project. Really? They waited to the end and they were like, yeah, we don't want that in our school. And then it said while the production for the high school scenes was moved to the Sonoma Community Center in Sonoma, California, director Wes Craven got his revenge on the school board by including a pointed (laughs) message in the special thanks section of the film's credits. Did you know that? I did know that. It says no thanks whatsoever to Santa Rosa City School District Governing Board. And they paid for that, too, because I think that Miramax was going to offer an insane amount of money to shoot there. Mm-hmm. And they shot it down. And they waited right to the... I think that's what ticked him off the most. Is they waited till the end to say no. And they had to find somewhere and else to And why would you it. even do that? I don't know. Why so would you stupid. turn down Hollywood money? <laughs> they're going to give it to you. They're not going to be there long. And your high school is going to be remembered. You're literally yeah. putting yourself in history. Well, and that's... I don't know if maybe they didn't want... I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want that type of, if it's like a private school or something, I'm not sure what the school is. And not only that, like, you know, schools like to brag about others, about themselves over other schools. Yeah. I got bragging rights matter. I don't care what school it is. Even the schools around where we live. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Went to school here. I know that rivalry. People are just tooting into their high school sports. Isn't it crazy how much Wes Craven re like, Redefined horror. Mm-hmm. He did it in 1984 with Freddy Krueger. It just a concept that was not done. 
Uh-huh. And then did it again in 1996. So 1984 and 1996, he totally changes horror. I can get behind that. Yeah. That's why it's hard to hate on him. Yeah. And I know a lot of, there are people now that have called some of his work smut and stuff like that. Like Glass House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes. Which I've never seen. I don't know if I ever want to see it, to be honest. I just, because I know enough about it that I feel like I'd be too uncomfortable watching it. Yeah. But he came out of that and wrote better stuff. Because mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, it's timeless. Scream's timeless. I feel like you can put on Scream and it, you can watch it anytime. Yeah. It doesn't matter what year it is. I think it it just fits in. Yeah. I mean, I like to watch it in the fall just because. Yeah. I also like to watch it in the summer. I think it's it, a well, really yeah. good summer horror film. And it's set during when school's in session, so you can watch it in like April and Exactly. springtime so i guess it could be an all year that's why i think it's so weird that it was released in december so weird i i just know that they've all said it they did not think it was going to be a hit they invested in it just released it and it did well because nothing it got to play against nothing yeah word of mouth really spread about that movie did you know it wasn't originally called scream I know, it was called Scary Movie. Scary Movie, which ended up being its... Uh, ended comedy up counterpart. Being the, yes, the comedy version of it. And they named it after Michael and Janet Jackson's song, Scream. Yeah, from 1995. I, I didn't know that. It was made so late in production that the cast and crew merch had already been created <laughs> bearing the title, Scary Movie. Did you know... So if you the, can find that stuff, I bet it's worth a ton. Yeah, if you see those ever, like the filming jackets pop up online... Uh-huh. They're always insanely expensive. I've only seen them online once. Uh, so I've never seen it. And Wes Craven actually said he did not like the movie. He hated that title. <laughs> or didn't like, yeah, didn't like the title, but eventually he, he came around Scream. to it. He liked Scary Movie a lot better. Yeah. But then he came around. Yeah. I feel like there was one more piece of like fun facts that I wanted to share because it was... Something about the filming. I'm going through my oh, notes now. Also, David Arquette only agreed to be in the movie because he wanted a chance at uh, kissing <laughs> Courtney Cox. Oh. Who he would end up marrying. Oh, yeah. That went well. Well, when did they... I don't even remember when they got divorced, how long they it, were together. They were together a while. They, um, I think they got divorced shortly after Scream 4. Mm-hmm. Because they had a TV show and everything. I knew they were together for a while. I just didn't know. And then uh, he like the timeline, I guess. Yeah, he just kind of went nuts, started wrestling people on like the Independence or whatever you want to call it now. Uh huh. Got stabbed in the neck. Rip. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know what's wrong with that man, but he needs to get his life together. God, I Come don't. Come back know. to us, David. I'm really annoyed that I can't find that piece of information it was something about one of the scenes took so long to film that the crew had shirts made as a joke that said i survived yeah it's called like one one thirteen or something yeah the final the it's the the party party scene yeah but i man 
I had it written down and it's gone. So I'm annoyed. <laughs> I'm skimming through one last time to see if I could find it. But that's really all I had unless you had other. Uh, well, I'd also just want to talk about really quick. Some of the people in that movie really went on to do big things. Mm-hmm. And some of them just kind of puttered out. Uh-huh. A lot of those, and some of them really came back to fire on Miramax. Oh. And the Weinsteins. Well, yeah. You had Rose for... McGowan really go in on them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's weird, you know? Seeing, like, this transformation she's went through and talk about what the process was like for her getting work. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, man, she had to be involved with the Weinsteins. Mm-hmm. Nev Campbell had to get hired by them. Yeah. It's it's weird. Um, I did find where it was. Uh, they won awards, which I didn't know which awards they won. But did you know that they won MTV's Movie Award in 97 for Best Movie? And they won three Saturn Awards. I didn't know that. I actually put Saturn Awards on a really high pedestal because that is... Like a really like upper echelon mm-hmm. award because that includes actors that also vote uh-huh. and just not just critics and mm-hmm. not just an academy, but it includes fans as well. Yeah, it won best movie, best writer, and best actress for Nev Campbell. That's awesome. In '97, that's awesome. I didn't know that. So it has four awards, and it's on a ton of uh, like best movie moment things like afi uh-huh they put them on everything movie quotes uh most memorable like horror moments uh like i think they're even on one for just uh captured time uh-huh because you look at the beginning of the movie where they're all sitting around like the water fountain mm-hmm. like that, it looks so 90s it does i think it was just a turning point for horror movies in general Abs- um, absolutely because you kind of, I, I think that. that one of the movies I think of or series I think of that kind of stem off of Scream, I don't know if they intended to, but it kind of did, is the Saw movies, the whole playing a game with your victim. Yeah. Which it's they went, off from it. they went a more gory road, but same concept. It's just them playing with their yeah. victims and having a God complex. Scream has been ripped off. We can't say it hasn't. I mean. Mm-hmm. You had them even go as far as making new movies out of that. Like we already talked about, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Urban Legend. Just all these movies where it's set in like this universe and plays with horror. Like even like Tucker and Dale, a comedy. Yeah. That's or true. Shaun I've only seen that like once. Uh, there's so many other good ones that you can name that are self aware. Yeah. Just different aspects. That's what, because I kind of feel like coming out of the 80s, you had Michael Myers and Jason, right. Freddie. And the big thing about Halloween with Lori, why she becomes the final girl, why it makes the final girl aspect for film mm-hmm. is she's the only one in the movie that's self-aware. Yeah. So on this in this movie, you have all these characters that are self-aware. But right. then the one turning thing about Nev Campbell, 
to me in this movie is not only is she kind of she's not just self-aware but she also comes off as naive she forgives billy really really quick but still has this hatred for uh cotton yeah but it's almost like a fool me once thing because after the first movie she like knows how to play those games and i that's why she survives as long as she does because she can play their game right she's also a fan of horror so she knows these rules as well. She has Randy as a friend. Billy is a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She, her mother died, what, it was a year, right? A year prior. And then her dad. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of good things about this movie. Yeah. Why she is her own final girl in a way. Yeah. Which I think is a good place to... To round this out and start rating Let's do it. the movie. So our first thing we're going to rate it on is the rewatch. How, which I think is pretty it's obvious. A five. How, it's yeah, I, we're not I even going to anything else. It, can you go back and watch this movie? Is this something you want to revisit? Absolutely. I give 100%. it a five all the way. This movie, I think you can show it to somebody, too, that's never watched a horror movie mm-hmm. and instantly not only make them a fan, mm-hmm. but make them somebody that wants to watch other movies based out of that genre. Uh-huh. So yeah. So not even just with Scream, but it'll move them into other horror movies. Like, where do they get the idea for, for this? What does this come from? Mm-hmm. So then they start rediscovering other horror. Yeah. It's a, it's a five. Yep. Yeah. Which... I kind of have a feeling I know how this is going to go, but the next thing we're going to rate it on is the impact that it's had on media and movies. Five. And it's definitely <laughs> a five again. Like I mean, they, we just had a movie come out. We did. It's still going. And and there's another one coming. There is going to be a second, a sequel to that. Yes. Because it's not, it's not a remake. It's definitely not a remake, but it's not... I guess it is just a continuation. They're doing another thing with Halloween. They're playing yes. off of what Halloween did. Mm-hmm. They're taking something and making it modern, but also playing it into where it plays into the other, the other movie in some way. Yeah. So, I, and I can't hate him on that. I mean, that's big right now. Mm-hmm. Halloween's the, to me, it's like the granddaddy. It's the godfather. It's it's the peak. Yeah. Yeah. But it had, I mean, we just talked about the impact it's had on movies going forward that everyone just kind of takes bits and pieces and makes their own movie out of it, which is cool. I mean, that's the whole idea of Scream is that it's meta. And and how many of us have done the fake phone voice? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Any little aspect of it. I think it was just a turning point. It was coming out of those eighties horror movies and mm-hmm. um, what's your favorite scary movie? Yeah. How many people ask that? You know? Uh, and then the last thing we'll rate it on is the quality of the movie. So that's the sound, the look, the characters, I, that's pretty Overall. much everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is dated, it is a 90s movie and it feels like a 90s movie so I'll give it that but it's not over the top in your face 90s like no. whoever wrote the dialogue for the characters knew Tim how Williamson. to write dialogue for teenage high schoolers I feel like it wasn't 
it wasn't over the top or cheesy. I mean, yes, they don't really look like high schoolers, but how many of them do, honestly, when they film movies? But I feel like it wasn't out of the realm of possibility. No. One thing Kevin Williamson did is he did a really good job of doing research. Mm -hmm. And with his research, Deborah Hill wrote the dialogue for a lot of John Carpenter's movies. That's why a big part of why those hold up is the dialogue. Mm -hmm. Not only they capture time, but they capture what people actually say. Right. And that's what I'm saying. They weren't over the top. Like I slipped on my flannel and, or I slipped on a BB baby and ripped my flannel. Cause it was the nineties. Right. <laughs> I, and also big ups to Deborah Hill. Uh, without, without her, there is no John Carpenter to me. Oh, well, I don't know enough about like that's your wheelhouse. I don't. We'll look get into the... that because I need you to know more about Deborah Hill. She needs more love. She's amazing. She okay. was amazing. It's a shame she died. Oh. And Kevin Williamson, I I solely believe he got his ability to write the dialogue for the screen movies mm -hmm. from the idea of how she wrote her characters for the John Carpenter films. Okay. Yeah, it's very believable. So, I. I'm going to give it a five because I feel like give it a five. the way that they were, the movie looked and the way they dressed and acted was right for the time. Um, and yes, if you watch, if someone, a younger person were to watch it today, they would say it's dated, but it, as someone who lived through the nineties, it is accurate. Unfortunately, I can agree with that. Uh, so yeah, I'll give it fives all around. Same. Damn, is this our first complete five? I think so, yeah. This movie, it's... I 100% believe this is movie is, it's all around the board five. Like I said, it's either, it's definitely top three, if not my number one favorite horror movie. Uh, I know, you've talked about it. Mm -hmm. But then, before it was Scream, like when we first met and started hanging out, it was kind of a nightmare on Elm Street, which I think you're just a really big fan of Wes Craven. And too. that may be because it, I forget that it's a Wes Craven movie. I don't know why, because I'm used to that 80s feel. And you're used that, to him being known for a nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. That when you're blown away that this is a guy that directed Scream, it makes a lot of sense that. That's well, true. It, it's an art and he's really good why. at his art. Yeah. He was really good at his art. Oh. Uh. See, I was looking forward to this movie. I know we could talk about it a lot more, but right, uh, love Scream. I love horror movies, and I this is this my is... favorite time of year. I know we're gonna do so well talking about the horror movies, and we've just got more coming up <laughs> that we're already excited to talk about. So. I know I can't wait for our next episode. episode I'm excited for. I am too. That's gonna be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to spoil it, but I, I'm not going to. Yeah, Can't we'll save it. it for next week, which, uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up this episode then. And we'll see you guys out with a little sneak peek of next week's episode. Definitely got to give them that clip. <laughs> see you guys next it's week. It's going to be a shame. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, bye. Have a good one. Next week on the Retro Club. It's like a rave. It really was. <laughs> a rave of zombies. <laughs> I was like, he, you can tell that he has like a 
a bodysuit or something on to protect oh, the him because they're beating him with like pool sticks to the beach. <laughs> Don't stop me now, yeah. Michael. Having a good time. Having, Having a, a good, good time. time. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at RetroClubPod. Or visit our website at RetroClubPod.com for episode information and more. You can listen to The Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and more. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you.